Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julie, and we are so excited to dish and spill the tea with you today. Okay, so each week while Outlander Season 6 is airing, we are doing a recap of each episode. So last week we did Episode 601, Echoes, and this week we are doing (laughs) Episode 602, which is Allegiance. I loved this episode. I did too. It was really good. I was so surprised how much, A, how long this episode was, all things considered, B, how much they covered, similar to Episode 1. Mm-hmm. And how much they stuck to the book. Yes, this was a very satisfying episode. And I feel like we need to get into the tea. Here's the part of the show where we spill the tea. That means spoilers. We've seen the episode. We are talking about it. Okay. What I love the most about this episode was how much they A, stuck to the book and B, how much they didn't have to weave storylines to make the show storylines line up with the book. Like we saw in season five, they stuck Mm -hmm. so much to the book and covered so much that I was like, Oh, this is what we read. This is so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. There was a lot, even things like with Brie getting frustrated about the pregnancy thing, like trying to tell them she invented matches and they're like, Oh, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. She's like, no, I'm not. That's not what I'm trying to say. And I remember in the book vividly, her getting frustrated in the book, she kind of stormed off or whatever, Mm -hmm. but I was like, it brought me into the book. I felt like I was watching the book. Absolutely. Right then. Yeah. They just, this episode was done so well. I got to (laughs) say Jamie just had some really good moments. Like when him and Ian, they went to go visit the Cherokee because now he's the Indian agent. He's in the tent sleeping and these two women come in to try to sleep with him. Ian's like losing it. He's just like laughing at him. And Jamie's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Ian's like, well, this she's disappointed because you have a nice, you know what? And like every woman at home, every person watching Jamie is like, we are so bummed too. We, we understand <laughs> these women. Yes, we are feeling this. And then Jamie, after the women leave, he's like, you'd be advised to stifle your glee because <laughs> Ian is just like losing it. He's laughing so hard. It was just so funny. I feel like there was a mix of that in this episode. And that's so how Diana's writing is, it's like, there's funny moments. And then there's like super difficult, heavy moments, but there's humor mixed in Mm -hmm. because that's kind of how life is. I did like how they highlighted Ian's sarcasm. Cause when Jamie did say, Ian, what's right next to me? And he's like, it looks like they're women. Yeah. Jamie. And I was like, yes, he nailed it. Yeah. It was okay. So funny. And we don't see sarcastic moments from Ian much at all. And yeah. He's starting to shine in this season already. He is. he is. But what was your favorite Jamie moment in this episode? I have to say, okay. So he comes home from that, from being at the Cherokee village and he like throws all his stuff. He like throws his like jacket to Mrs. Bug, goes upstairs, shuts the door. And he's, he's like, I must have you this minute. Sassanac. And I was like that. Okay. That was great. And just, he's so adorable. He's so cute. Yeah. That was my favorite. What about you? I think I'm two and oh, but I really think I thoroughly enjoyed him flexing even harder on Tom Christie. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. It was the <laughs> 
the church moment. And he said, and if I hear anybody mention my wife in witchcraft, they're off the ridge, period. You understand? And I was like, yes, tell them. But it's like, this will be a meeting house, not a church. And he's like, oh, you want me to get rid of the steeple? And I was like, you look so dumb right now. Like, let yeah. me tell you how like, dumb good you look. Comeback. Yeah. Good mm, comeback. Yeah. Good comeback. But yeah, that's that funny. Was... You like the authoritative, you know, Lord Brock Turok. You're like, mm-hmm, give me it's because I haven't seen it in such a long time. And I was like, oh, there it is. Because yes. it's interesting because him being on the ridge mm-hmm. and being it's like Fraser's Ridge, like he steps into that. I mean, he wasn't born to say an older brother, but like he was supposed to be a laird. Mm-hmm. His brother died. He was supposed to. And it's very satisfying to see him in this role because he it's so like part of who he is. Yes. And he's so naturally a leader. It's just funny, like how different, like the stuff that we like. Polar opposites. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we do have some overlapping things yes. that we like, but it's just funny because you're just like, yeah, give it to him. And I'm like, give it to me. Give right. it to me. <laughs> but at the same time, he's a very respectful husband. He knows how to be a decent, significant other. I mean, there's lots of aspects of Jamie that I love. Don't get me wrong. But to see him flex on his property, just say, this is how Ish is ran here. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, yes. I will follow all the Ish on this ridge. Let me, Just tell me all the things. Yes, sir. Mm. And I'm just over here wanting to be ravished by my husband coming I home. I feel like that's how I was trip. ravished. Oh, okay. Okay. I had a couple favorite Roger moments. Roger was just was good in this episode. Okay, so when Roger is doing the funeral, so the lady, she dies. We think she's dead. She starts to breathe. Claire's like, oh, no, it's an aneurysm. She'll die any minute. She's the old lady's cranky. She wakes up and she's just being horrible. And Roger's like, do you not know you stand before God? And she's like, so do you. And he's like, I'm afraid you're closer. (laughs) Yes. I'm like, yes. And then she goes and dies again. But he, I mean, he's just stepping into preacher role mm-hmm. so well. And I'm like, I love me some Reverend Roger. But wasn't that hilarious how he said that? It was so funny. And in the book specifically, I remember the old lady who's about to die, her just tearing her son-in-law a mm-hmm. new one. Like mm-hmm. they they briefly touched on it, but she was just like, oh, what? You can't afford a real coffin, you know? And yeah. What this measly that's piece not of even bread? A whole, yeah, yeah. No, it's not even a whole loaf of bread. What you couldn't get sourdough on the ridge? Come on, you know. And she just tore this kid to pieces with how cheap he went on her funeral. And I was like, "Ooh, are they Irish Catholic? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, oh, I mm, this sounds like I don't know why I feel like this hit close to home, but I feel like this is a conversation my family would have easily. Like, oh, we can't." Her spirit will haunt us if we go this cheap on, on a service. <laughs> just just do what you can. You know? That is so funny. Yeah, that was a good moment. I like seeing them in the church. They're just spot on with a lot of these different sets and mm-hmm. these situations and these scenes that I, I, that I could see so vividly in my head reading the book and then to watch it play out. It's just like you feel like you're at home. Yes. You know, we've spent so much mental time on the ridge. And in the church and with these people that it's just so satisfying to see it play out. And even like Marceline and she's about to have the baby and then, okay. So that brings me to my second favorite Roger moment. Okay. So when he goes to get Fergus, he tells him what's what he, and you know, and sometimes that's the role of like a pastor. It's like the rebuke, like, Hey, go be the man that Marceline thinks you are. Yeah. And that's what he, out of your ass. That was one of the things he said. And I was like, yes, Roger, 
you know, and Roger understands he missed Jimmy's birth and he regrets it. He does. You know, absolutely. That was hands down my favorite Roger moment Mm -hmm. when Roger flexed on Fergus in the preacher way. It was just like a pivotal moment for Roger. Mm -hmm. So seeing that again from the book play out on screen as beautifully as it did, I was like, oh, well done, guys. So well done. The way that like Roger is kind of described in the books or this, you get this idea of meekness and meekness doesn't mean like being weak, but what it actually means is power under control. Roger, he has power, right? Yes. But he is very controlled about it and uses it properly. You'll see like in season one, Claire referred to herself as I'm not the meek and obedient type. And then we see Roger who embodies all the amazing qualities that make up someone who is meek, you know? And, and I think people get confused because they think, oh, that means you're weak. You know, it's no, it just, no, means you know how to control the power that you have, you know, and he's a preacher and like the, the beatitudes where it's like, blessed are the meek. So he probably has all of this in his head from being like a reverend's son. And he had a really good example because you think of the reverend and he was just a very kindly man, very warm and, you know, studious and inviting. And just, that was his example. But, oh my gosh, those scenes with Fergus and Marsley when he's like helping her along. I remember those from the books and I was like, they're going to do that. And I was like, I don't know what was happening in that bed. Did they like fully, I think so, do that or I think was so. it just foreplay? Okay. Well, in the book, it was foreplay, right? Yeah. But they added a little something extra. I think they did. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting though, their relationship where it's like the birthing process was for them was such a, a partnership. Yeah. It was a team effort, (laughs) team effort of doing that. And like by the fourth child, they had like a rhythm of how to do that. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that is a whole nother kind of intimacy that I don't even like, she relies on him to be her partner in that way. I'm like, do not touch me or get in my face. (laughs) No. Oh, how sad was that when Fergus just like looked at the baby and then he just left. But then when they put Mars, the baby in Marsley's arm, she's like, he's beautiful. And I was like, that's a mama's heart right there. See, and that's what hit me in the feels the most was Marsley's mom glow. Like mm-hmm. she was completely unfazed by Fergus's BS. Mm-hmm. Just hearing how proud she was just to say her baby's name. I was, it just melts my heart. Hands down, Marsley wins the moment that hit me in my feels in this episode. So get it, Marsley. Yeah. I think my favorite Claire moment was probably just, I love seeing her be the doctor, the midwife, the, the physician. And in that scenario, I I love a good Claire doing a birth scene and, (laughs) you know, she's like, she has the baby looking at him and she's like, he's, he's perfectly healthy, you know, and just seeing her in that role. I love seeing Claire do what she does best. How about you? My favorite Claire moment was when I'd say how easily she just brushed off the witchcraft conversations oh, that yeah. came about. She's like, she's I've like, almost been burnt at the stake. It's fine. Yeah. I'm sorry. Not my first rodeo. You want to call me a witch when I just believe in science? Yeah. Good luck. Good luck in life, folks. Yeah. And seeing Brianna address it at the table, she's like, you're not worried about it. And she's like, no, not in the slightest. This is my ridge. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let me make myself clear. I am herself and I live here. Mm-hmm. Y'all live on my property. Okay. And I'm the healer that heals wounds and the supposed, uh, I'll 
be nice and say resident jerkosaurus, if you will. Sure. Well, we'll go with that. Yeah. Spreading, you know, vile comments about herself being a witch, bro. You aren't ready for what herself can bring to the ridge, let alone what, how well she can fix your hand. So kindly get off our planet. Yeah. He's not ready. Mm -mm. (laughs) My favorite Brie moment was when Roger highlights to Aiden, how his wife is a genius and just seeing her light up. Yeah. And again, her note, I did hit the jackpot in the husband department and just seeing her glow. And I'm wondering if she's already pregnant at that point. And she might not know. Yeah. Or they were, they were going to try again right before Aiden showed up at the doorway. doorway. Right. Right. (laughs) So I don't know, but just seeing her glow and just like, yep, that's my husband getting all the brownie points. So yeah, he's a good one. So what caught you off guard the most? What caught you by surprise? Okay. So I liked this, but I was surprised by it. So I liked the reason why Jamie changed his mind about giving guns to the Cherokee because, and it was because he overheard Ian telling Marsley about the child Ian had, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember that from the books, Ian talking about having a child. I know that he had mentioned in those earlier books that she had lost children, I didn't think he knew that he had a child that survived until like way late the book eight and nine. So I was kind of caught off guard by that. Am I wrong? Or did, did he, I don't think he he was. Yeah. I don't think he was insinuating that the child lived. He said, I "I have a child. He didn't say I had one. He said, I have a child. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. I just thought he was referencing the child that he lost. And that's why he was holding onto it so tightly because he understood how precious babies are. It was not in the past tense. Okay. And then go back and watch that talking to Claire about it. He's like, he has a child telling Claire she's, he's like, he, did you, you know, know that he has a son or a child or whatever? She's like, Oh, I didn't know that. It might be the writers are just doing it this way because it'll be less complicated later when they do reveal it. Yeah. Reveal it. But yeah, it was definitely not a, not in the past tense. Okay. So yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. What about you? actually how many Easter eggs I caught in this episode. Like they're subtly highlighting certain individuals and drop, you know, just camera angles that highlight certain characters that are, weren't obvious in previous seasons, more or less. Can I drop some names? Are you talking about the Lizzie Kezzy connection? It's like, I'll keep an eye on your brother for you. Yeah. (laughs) So not just that, but that was one of them. Yeah. The bugs, there were more single shots on the bugs. It was funny when Mr. Bug was like, are you the one that talks a lot? Or I hope you're not the one that talks a lot when he's like talking to Kezzy and Kezzy's probably like, uh, he can't talk at all. Yeah. My brother can't talk at all. And, or you see the crazy start coming out in Melva. That look. Yeah. She gives her father when he can't grasp his belt to whip Mm -hmm. her. And she just has this evil look on her face. I was like, this is bone chilling. What, I mean, I'm immediately reminded to the season five finale when Claire mentions a storm coming and I was like, oh, the Malva storm. Oh, here we know. go. Yeah. yeah. And you just Hurricane see that. Malva. Yeah. Hurricane Malva coming in strong with that. Oh, crazy, crazy, crazy eyes. Oh, no. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I bet you that was the audition. Just right. Staring like it probably Easily. like who can make you be afraid for your life by giving you that look. Mm-hmm. But I mean, overall, such a good episode. I'm so happy with it. I feel like I got like a huge meal of Outlander. Yes. It's like, yes, I feel like satisfied and like full and even like just the 
the shots in the beginning where it's like, you just get to see the whole ridge. I'm like, I love being on the ridge. Great episode. I'm here for it. Episode three, we're coming for you. Yes. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. The Fangirls podcast is on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You are sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. We are offering 20% off our Etsy store for the month of March, so no code is needed. The link to our store and all the information will be in the show notes. We also have a merch shop on TeePublic. The information for that will be in the show notes as well. The Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for listening to our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you, so connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the Fangirls Favorite Things, inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Outlander, Outlander Stars, Stars Network, or Diana Gabaldon, or any of her books that she gets written at all, unfortunately just fans and we're definitely not affiliated with malva thank god oh hard pass Uh uh-uh yeah no thank you nope Nope. nope.com thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube